Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Niner Noise podcast. My name is Robert Morrison. I'm a contributor at NinerNoise.com, and here with me, uh, Niner Noise associate editor, Peter Panacee. Peter, how's it going, man? Doing good. Going to have a tree cut down in my backyard, mow the lawns. Um, Off-season football content, baby. Mm. There you go. Yeah, man. I think about that every time I look out in my backyard, I'm like, I should go out there and mow that, but I don't want to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and of course, every day that I choose not to, it gets higher and higher and more difficult. And I'm like, oh, it's great. weird how that works. It's really weird how that works. <laughs> Keep putting it off and it, it doesn't get done when I don't do it. It's strange. No, no, uh, I wish it would. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that this is the type of conversations that we're that we that we have in the off season. Uh, the good news, of course, is that uh, the NFL is a, a twelve month out of the year uh, business and league, and there's always something going on. And of course, as we as we sit here, uh, what about like nine nine and a half days uh, from uh, the first day of the NFL draft, uh, which which starts on the twenty eighth uh, next Thursday, as we as we uh, record this. Of course, that first day is currently irrelevant to the 49ers, um, as they don't have a first round draft pick, and I would suspect will not have one um, as they enter into day one uh barring somebody getting really crazy desperate um they have a uh, they have a long way to go to, to to get into the first round from where they sit so i i expect that uh they won't be selecting until several hours into into friday um but uh well lots of things to talk about of course um as it relates to the draft and as it relates to other things um Peter, I thought we'd 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 start with with the hottest topic of all as it pertains to the 49ers right now, and that is uh, Debo Samuel and his uh, his social media scrubbing and all the other things that that uh, that has been coming along with that. So, um, I, you know, the long and the short of it is he he took the 49ers off his social media 
Uh, of course, they're engaged in contract extension talks, and there's all these things that are that are going around, and it's, it's just like, okay, what what's happening with with this 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 guy, and what what decisions is he making, and and that sort of thing. So I don't know what kind of insight you have about what's 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 happening with that, or what thoughts you have, but we can just uh, kick that around for a couple of minutes and see where we go. Well, you know, I mean, it's a business ploy, I, and and. <laughs> Look, you're seeing that sort of thing pop up around here and there. Uh, I think AJ Brown just removed Tennessee from his social media feed, and and Kyler Murray had, had done something similar before with the Cardinals. So, you know, it, I, I don't know if if Samuel and his agents are, are are literally saying, "Hey, you need to do this to show some frustration with the 49ers, get the fan base on your side." How much that works, whatever. But it, it's a business tactic. I mean, let's just kind of be honest with it. And, you know, you see it all the time. And so, like, yes, it, it does create a discussion point. And sure, we're all sitting here just probably making more out of it than it actually is. But when you stop and think about whether or not Samuel is worth that kind of money, yeah, absolutely he is. And to think, oh, hey, yeah, Kyle Shanahan can turn any wide receiver into a star. So, you know, get rid of Debo Samuel for whatever, draft somebody else, and, and boom, you're set. Well, stop for a second. Think about some of the failures this regime has had at wide receiver in recent years. Dante Pettis comes to mind. Jalen Hurd comes to mind. There have been some whiffs, right? So you don't find, yeah, you don't find a Debo Samuel in the draft all too often. And look, one of the things I think about, if we're just going to throw around some numbers, $25 million annually. That seems like a lot now. And, and of course, you have to look at guarantees and the Niners historically don't give out a ton of guarantees, but uh, 25 million in probably two or three years is going to be relatively affordable, right? I mean, that's not going to be too big of a, of a, of a financial hit on, on the cap for one with the cap expected to go up next year. And two, just like these contracts do, right? Like you look at what deals are now and you're like, oh my gosh, that's a ton of money. But in a few years' time, it's like, yeah, that's, that's kind of a bargain, right? So mm-hmm. I, I do think the 49ers get something done. But as you know, as you've seen with you know, Devontae Adams, not one to stay put with the Packers, and he gets traded. Tyreek Hill you know, can't get that deal with the Chiefs, so he gets traded. Both players signed massive extensions you know, where, you know, with the Raiders and, and the, the Dolphins, respectively. So I'm sure Debo Samuel's keeping an eye on that saying, okay, well, that's certainly possible. But if there's a caveat in all of this, you look at what the Packers and the Chiefs had. They have quarterbacks who are very good and on very good and very expensive deals, (laughs) right? (laughs) So their money is allocated elsewhere. The 49ers, if we're being realistic here, aren't going to have that kind of money allocated to a quarterback next year and, and I mean, in this upcoming season and yeah, okay, Jimmy Garoppolo will, will get there, but Trey Lance is cheap, right? Yeah. He's going to be cheap for a little bit. So the 49ers aren't going to be handcuffed that way. So again, contract negotiations being what they are, um, Parag Marate being a very shrewd negotiator. Okay. But the Niners have means to make this happen if they want yeah, um, totally agree. And the other thing to keep in mind with this is when you're talking about that number per year, that's that's you start getting into things like, you know, like dummy years and and that sort of thing where they can make it look like 
25 million per year where it averages out to that. But like, like take the Tyreek Hill deal, for example, I think what his is like three, four years or something like that. But the last year, the deal he's, if, if he played it out to the very end would make like $45 million on the last year, but the first couple of years are less by comparison. So that all kind of weighs out to what the number comes in. So, you know, I'm, I'm perfectly uh, comfortable with, with what the the Niners will do. I mean, we've seen contracts extensions from them recently, you know, thinking of, of Fred Warner and George Kittle where they've barely had any significant move in the, the uh, the cap number for the year that it's going into I, I I think when Kittle signed his deal his cap hit basically remained the same or something like that so I don't know the way that they did it um, with the guaranteed money and all that kind of stuff they were able to keep his numbers relatively low now again he's going to have bills that are going to come due later on but more than likely because he's a player that they'll probably want to keep around um, the he'll get his number his contract will get restructured and renegotiated and extended again um, before they hit the the real high numbers that he's going to hit in a couple of, in a couple of seasons. And we'll do this all over again and it'll be fun. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty clear. Uh, Debo Samuel is the type of player that, that makes a big difference for this offense. Uh, he arguably saved the season uh, on that, that long uh screen pass uh catch and run in chicago uh was that week eight or nine or something like that when the season was looking like it was going in the tank they were losing to to a pretty bad bears team and that pretty that felt like that was the turning point in the whole year and he sort of single-handedly <laughs> did that because grapple just kind of tossed it to him and he took it down the the field and that changed the whole outlook of the whole season and they end up in the nfc championship game um he's a a He's a, a playmaker and he changes the game. Um, now, I think he, what he did last year is probably not going to be indicative of what they're going to have be able to do with him on the regular moving forward. Um, I think he, he's too valuable to, to treat him as a, as a sort of all world sort of gadget player moving forward, especially um, at running back position is is a is one of, of heavy attrition where these players just get beat around. And so, I don't, I think in a, in a better world, he's able to do that a little bit, but not nearly as much as he did towards the second half of the year, because Elijah Mitchell stays on the field because they get something out of Trey Sermon, that sort of thing. But I, I, I agree with you. I think this is just a lot of pomp and circumstance. And I think eventually um, they're going to get the deal done. They have another player that they have to pay attention to technically more, um, more focus uh on on nick bosa who's who's uh, another high priority kind of guy and we'll probably be looking at a at a uh at a contract extension this year as well so there's a lot of money getting thrown around but i i, I expect that that those two players will get uh get deals done sooner rather than later but as we've seen with warner and kittle it's it's usually a not until the summer kind of thing anyway. So I'm not really sure why we're all freaking out <laughs> because we've done this already. This is like two years in a row where we're like, Oh no, they're not going to resign them. And it all works out. So. Yeah. It's one of those, the, the, <laughs> can, can there be like a normal off season for the 49ers? It's just kind of boring. No. Last year it was the trade up and Oh, what's going to happen with Fred Warner. And, <laughs> and it's like, okay, here we are. Yeah. Jimmy G now it's Debo Samuel. Although I will say this, and um, for, for fans of the podcast, 
hopefully you're able to tune into this, but uh, I recently had the, the, the luxury and pleasure of speaking with uh, Larry Kruger, uh, formerly of, of KMBR 680 and, and, and ESPN Radio, NFL, CFL Scout, doing great work over on the Krug Show. You can check that out on YouTube. But uh, we were talking about that. And, and he broached the, the, the notion that, you know, the 49ers would accept the trade if it just blew them away. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, have you ever seen the movie Boondock Saints? Uh, I think I've seen parts of it, not the whole thing. Okay. It's a total cult classic movie. It's got some great one-liners in it. Just, just, yeah. So anyway, there's a line in it where one of the, the brothers, he says, you know, we're sort of like 7-Eleven. We're not always doing business, but we're always open. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I just use that in situations like this. It's like, no, I don't think the 49ers are actively shopping. Right, right, right. Samuel. But if someone wants to make business with you, would you do it? Right. And, yeah. and I wrote a piece on this over at Niner Noise a little while ago. And it was just like, more movie rep references there you go it was uh it, it was it can't refuse trades for mm-hmm. debo samuel right and and I, I i really wanted to use a header photo of the godfather <laughs> but i was like yeah okay maybe i shouldn't but either way like it, it, what if some team comes in and just offers the 49ers a, a must take it offer right, right. like you know, and, and, and there could be fans out there going, no way, 49ers aren't going to trade Debo. No way, no way. Well, what if a team like the Jets comes in and says, hey, we'll trade you our two first round picks, you know, which I think both are in like the top 10 or something. And then we'll give you next year's first round or two. Like, I mean, <laughs> like, you might stop and think about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and as Larry Kruger pointed out, like the Jets were highly in on Tyreek Hill. Yeah, their offer for for Hill was nothing close to that. But I mean, they were in on Hill. So, you know, they want to make a splash. And so if they come in with a deal that's just like, okay, well, (laughs) that's not now we're listening. Right. If a team's willing to part ways with a bunch of picks, even though they're picks and nothing's guaranteed there, you think about it. You know, you, you definitely consider it. So, you know, it's, is it possible? Sure. Uh, you know, if I had to assign odds to it, I'd probably say there's, you know, maybe one chance in five that, that Debo gets traded, but it's, it's possible enough. You know, if that impasse is big enough and, and, and uh, the Niners can't make it work, you could see a DeForest Buckner situation where he's shipped off, you know, not far in advance of the draft, but I don't think I'd bank on it on this point. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. And I mean, the the really the thing, I mean, and this is gonna sound like a, a slight on, on on Debo, but um the thing that he has in definitely in favor of him versus a guy like a Devontae Adams for sure is is an age situation. He's significantly younger than Devontae Adams is at this point. But I don't know that a lot of people would argue in terms of like being a, a pure wide receiver that whether or not, um, you know, Debo does a lot of great things, um, but whether or not as a, as a pure wide receiver, he's in the, the, the top, top, top tier of players at this point. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know enough about the, the, the nuances of that in a lot of cases to make that, to make that play. But um, I, I agree with you. I don't see the the trade happening and it would have to be sort of a, you offer you can't refuse type of situation um in that case so i'm 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 okay with it like it's not my money spend spend it all you want there 49ers and you know i that would be a, a one of those players that i would be very very upset to see go and then have to cheer against him on some other team because it would be very 
very difficult to to cheer against him because I have enjoyed and cheering for him for these last couple of years. So very good stuff. Any uh, final thoughts on Debo on the Debo situation? <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> it's it's you know I mean yeah. it's it's a talking point. The, the other thing too, I, I, I do think that that both sides are probably going to be just patient with this. Um, the 49ers understand how how important Debo is to to what they do, and yeah. you know there's good players who are really good, but you can probably make up for them or at least partially make up for them. You know, you're looking at Lake and Tomlinson, DJ Jones, you know, guys who left in the off season and say, okay, well that's tough, but we can get by. Um, and then there's, like you said, game changers and, and that's Debo Samuel. And, and, and certainly in this state, you know, it, it, it looks as if he's going to sit out off season workouts fine. I, I, he doesn't need them. <laughs> I'm right. not worried about that too much. Um, so in that particular case, it's business, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you were vastly, vastly, vastly outperforming whatever pay you're getting from your employer and you're like, Hey, look, I need to get a pay increase. Like, would you, would you want everybody around you, your, your, your whoever to say like, fine, you're fired. <laughs> get out of here. Probably no. not. Right. You know, it's like, Hey, yeah, you know, I'm doing good work for you. Let's, let's try to talk about that pay increase. And, and uh, yeah, it, it, again, a lot of us, and this is what we do. You know, it's, 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 we make a living off of this. I mean, we, we, we talk about it and we dive deeper and we explore possibilities. Um, it's, it's the off season. So everything's magnified in that regard. Cause it's like, Ooh, talking point. But in reality, it, it, we don't know what's going to happen, but chances are this will be water under the bridge in, in six months time. No problem. Let, let, let's hope so. I, I would be definitely in favor of that. Cool. Um, all right. So uh, as this is the, the off season, we're just, we're just kind of a hodgepodge of, of things to talk about. So the, the next thing I want to talk about is, um, the 49ers made a, another um, kind of late uh, free agency signing. Um, they brought in um, a uh, edge rusher, defensive lineman, uh, Kamoko Toure, um, previously f- uh, a member of the Indianapolis Colts. Had a pretty good year last year, I think five and a half sacks and kind of a limited action um, rushing off the edge and uh, had a pretty good uh, pressure rate, as I, re- as I recall, um, uh, in those in limited snaps as well. Um, that brings the, the 49ers defensive line up to something like 11 or 12 uh, players in terms of just like uh, guys who would be considered um, NFL ready type of type of guys, some people who've, uh, who've spent time as uh, regular rotation and or heavy starters um, along the defensive line. So you got Charles Menehu, you got Toure, Eric Armstead, uh, Nick Bosa, we talked about, Samson Evicom, um, Kevin Givens, Maurice Hurst, Kerry Hyder Jr. is back, Jordan Willis, uh, Javon Kinlaw, Hassan Ridgeway, um, and then a couple of other players who are who are going to be along that uh, in the mix throughout the, the off season, but are probably more than likely, you know, more practice squad type of type of guys, but um, it's a pretty high number of players. Now we, we obviously know that the, that the, the team is, is fond of uh, holding on to high numbers of defensive linemen. I think they've been in the nine, 10 range on the 53 man roster for the last couple of seasons. Um, but I, I, 
first of all, I guess generally, Peter, what what thoughts do you have about this group? Um, and then are there any players amongst them? I mean, the obvious names that are that are in the mix for sure. Um, and then what what players are you are you interested to see who's going to end up sort of taking uh, those sort of end of the roster spots um, at this point? Well, it's, it's, it's gonna be interesting. Uh, <laughs> the 49ers have invested in their defensive line a lot. I think last year kind of revealed a few things. One, you can get a supplementary pass rush when you only have one star pass rusher. And that was Nick Bosa with 15 and a half sacks led the team by a wide margin, right? I mean, Arden Key was second with six and a half. And so with Key gone, the Niners, well, last year they had 48 sacks and that was tied for I think fourth or fifth most. So either way, they got by. Now, granted, Bosa was crazy and, and was phenomenal and should have been an all pro, but for some reason wasn't. But, you know, it, you, you can look at some of these players who come in to work with Chris Kosarek, the defensive line coach, uh, Kerry Hyder two seasons ago, and he had a career year, eight and a half sacks, led the team when Nick Bosa was down. Uh, a year ago, Arden Key resurrected his career. I mean, this guy was a fringe player, and I remember talking about trying to formulate the 53-man roster, and people were criticizing me, saying, Key's not going to make it. He's going to be a bust. He's going to be terrible. He was awful with the Raiders. Well, you know, I kind of just sit back and say, yeah, uh, wrong. But <laughs> either way, um, you know, there's a few names to kind of keep an eye on that I think are just interesting, you know, as far as storylines go. Uh, Charles Omenio, I, 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 I like what rotational work he did last year. I don't think the 49ers truly exploited him as much. You know, big dude, 6'5", 280. Um, I, I wouldn't call him anything close to making the roster, but – Curious, right? Mm -hmm. um, Toure, as you mentioned, uh, five and a half sacks last year, um, kind of a rotational pass rusher, dealt with injuries the previous two, year, two seasons, so you kind of have to wonder if he can stay healthy. But nevertheless, a, a really good situational pass rusher. I think the 49ers are still going to be looking at finding another high-level pass rusher in the draft, someone they can get on the cheap, this year has a lot of pass rushers in the draft. So, you know, there's something for everybody through all the rounds, which is great. Um, the interior, though, that's going to be where a lot of the battles, I think, are going to be really fascinating. You know, so like, for example, it, what to make of Alex Barrett? He's been kind of a fringe practice squad guy. Uh, but has played well at times when he's given a chance. Kevin Givens, who really stood out in 2020, um, I always thought that he would be kind of the cheap replacement for DJ Jones when that time came. Well, now you you're here, right? I'm here. So, but yeah, yeah. So it's like, okay, it's, it's your, your chances up. It's, it's now. Um, although Javon Kinlaw might slate back into that role and, and, and take a lot of snaps away, but we'll see Maurice Hurst, another guy, right. We hardly saw him last year. So, you know, kind of taking a look at, can he finally be healthy for a full season? Uh, very curious about that. And, and then Hassan Ridgeway, as you mentioned, uh, you know, Ridgeway is interesting. And it, it, immediately after Jones signed with uh, the, the, the Broncos, it was like, oh, well, Hassan Ridgeway is here. He's going to immediately take that role over. Ridgeway is more of a three technique, you know, kind of a guy who can bounce around the line. Uh, you certainly can do some nose tackle one technique work, but that's not necessarily his total game. So, 
a lot of the rotations on the interior are still very much up for grabs, but you start looking at the numbers, right? And it's like one or two of those guys who I just mentioned, they're not going to make the 53 man roster. Right. <laughs> yeah, and, and maybe they revert to the practice squad and okay, fine. You're making a few thousand bucks a week and that's it. But uh they're not going to make the the 53 man roster. So some of those names uh, are, they're going to go, but we said the same thing a year ago. Um, <laughs> who's the one nose tackle. I can't remember his name. Zach Kerr. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of a journeyman guy. And it was like, when that signing happened, it was like, Oh, this guy's going to be good. Like he will make a difference. Nope. And he didn't even make the cut. He didn't even make the 50 and 30 man roster out of training camp. So it was like, okay, well, there you go. So Though, to me, those are going to be the, the, the points of interest on the, on the interior of the off or the defensive line. You know, you've got a lot of people there and only so many voids. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Well, yeah. And you didn't even mention the fact that Eric Armstead probably played some of his best football towards the end of the year when they moved him to the inside. Um, yeah. After not moving him back out. So I, I, I think the, uh, his, he's, I mean, you pretty much got him and Bosa on, on one side, and then hopefully Kinlaw is kind of the main cog in the center there, you know, and then you figure out what to do between Ebicom and, and Amenahue and uh, maybe Toure and whoever else might, might kind of rotate into that, that other edge rusher position. But um, I think, as you mentioned, I, this is a good, a good transition piece to, to kind of talk briefly about the the draft. I don't want to talk about it too much. Cause I know you, you and uh, that was one thing that you and Larry talked about a, a, a lot as well. Um, but outside of, cause I agree that I think they're still going to add pieces uh, with a depth that edge rusher has um, in this uh in this draft. And one thing that you'll note too, and I, I was just listening to, to Matt Mayoko talk about this on, on the 49ers talk podcast as well. A lot of these guys are on one year contracts. Uh, so if you could draft somebody who's going to be here for four years, as opposed to somebody who you only know for sure will be here for one, um, wouldn't you rather have that guy um, taking up that a roster slot for now? And then for the next three years after that, as opposed to some guy that you may be able to keep around. Um, I think that makes sense, but, um, but yeah, let's talk uh, briefly about outside of edge rusher. What do you think uh, the, the 49ers draft main draft needs are? And I think needs, the good news is, is that need is a, is a strong word here because I think by and large, the, the roster is in pretty good position, but where do you think they'll be looking to sort of bolster the team draft wise? Gosh, you know, it, it's one of those things where you're, you're right. I mean, the 49ers right now constructed our playoff team, you know, I mean, it, it, even if it's just you look at the the problems in the NFC West, you know, the Seahawks aren't going to be good. The Cardinals are trending downwards. The Rams will still be there. But I mean, it's like, OK, so there's not really a lot of glaring needs but there are areas that could stand for reinforcements. I've always been a trenches guy. So one of the things that Larry Kruger and I talked about, what's going to be kind of like a first priority, I was thinking it would be the offensive line and you could look at both interior and exterior positions there. And you think, all right, well, you're banking on pun intended, Aaron Banks stepping up and assuming that left guard role. And that was his original position in college. I know he didn't really get much going for himself at, at right guard. So we'll see. 
Um, you know, Daniel Brunskill can hold down right guard. So that's not urgent, but then Alex Max probably going to retire at center next year. So do you find someone who can reinforce the interior of, of, of the O-line, you know, like Dylan Parham out of uh, Memphis. He's probably, probably a third round pick, maybe sneaks into the back end of round two. I'm not sure, but you may, maybe you go that route at the same time the other talking point of this off season has been right tackle Mike McGlinchey. So, you know, is he, is he, is he put weight back on? I mean, he just had a massive surgery to repair a torn quad, right? You can't hey, he said he's three, that. he said he's three ten, man. And I think he's, that's, that's, Hey, there you go. And, and, and look, I will trust him and his trainers and his physicians to, to know way more than what social media says. You know, it's again, <laughs> yeah, yeah. please, please trust my medical degree <laughs> over your Twitter search. Yeah, yeah for sure. Exactly. But, but he's entering a contract here. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and the 49ers already have a ton of money committed to Trent Williams. Do they want to resign for certainly not a ton, but a significant raise for Mike McGlinchey beyond this year? I don't know that they do. So is this going to be a situation where the 49ers either draft his replacement early and then I don't know, they, they, they could do what they did when McGlinchey was drafted back in 2018. They had Trent Brown, if you remember, and he was traded away the next day. I don't know. You can move his entire fully guaranteed fifth year option with zero and dead money if you trade it, but you know, that's a possibility. The other thing I was thinking about though, is the Niners really didn't do too much to address safety Jaquaski tarts departure in free right. agency. I know. Oh, George Odom's there. Okay, great. Odom's a special teams guy, a spot starter. I don't know if you necessarily rely on him to, to be your every down strong safety and Talano Hufanga, Tarverius Moore. I know those guys are there. Not, not players you'd want on an every down basis. They're not, you know, you can, I, I like Hufanga. I, I, I like more. You know, they have very situational roles. It can be beneficial, not full down starters. So what Larry Kruger was talking about, and I was kind of like, all right, <laughs> I, I, I can see that. Um, he was talking about uh, Nick Cross out of Maryland as a potential safety replacement. And Cross is extremely fast, big, a hard hitter, um, very rangy. So he almost could play a free safety role and that can move the 40 or that could allow the 49ers to move Jimmy Ward down closer to the box as he gets up there in age. And it was like, okay, yeah, that's, that's intriguing. So I think if I'm going to pick just because as we just talked about with the defensive line additions and, you know, especially Kamoko Ture coming aboard. I don't think the 49ers are prioritizing adding a pass rusher early in the draft. I think it's going to come down to one of those two spots, uh, the offensive line or, or the secondary and probably more with Chikwaski Tart, although they could still afford to add a corner. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think I agree with that. I think safety for sure especially if they could grab a, a starting caliber guy at that at 61 and then whether Alex Mack comes back for this year or if he's here for this year and then is, or he doesn't come back for this year and he, or he, he's not, I think the sort of draft a guy who can sit behind him and be ready to go in 2023 route is definitely the way to go um, in that regard as well. But yeah, I could definitely see um, edge rusher coming in at some point as we, I mean, we already said it's a, it's a fairly deep uh, draft class in that regard. Um, so I could see them taking a, a, 
you know, a flyer on, on somebody in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, um, that kind of thing. Um, but I, I would certainly say safety, adding some, some further depth at the cornerback position somewhere along the way. Um, and then really bolstering the, the, the offensive line across the, the board, especially focusing on the interior. Um, if you can find a way to get, I don't know, a, a starter at right guard in on, with that first pick, and then you have Williams and hopefully Banks and Mac, and then whoever that, that starter is and, and McGlinchey along the offensive line, I think you're going to be in pretty good shape with that um, and feel pretty good about your direction and hopefully grab a center later on who can step in for Mac the year after that. And maybe you're looking at a tackle. Maybe they think Jalen Moore is the, the right tackle of the future. I don't know. Um, this is going to be a, some, some moving and shaking there. Here's the one question that I, that I, that I need to ask though, because I've been, I've been playing around with all these, these mock draft machines just because it's fun uh, to do these simulators and, you know, see how much I can make the Panthers give me for, for a certain quarterback, uh, <laughs> which is hilarious how much uh, the PFF draft simulator will let you uh, will let you steal from the from the Carolina Panthers. Uh, what are we? How are we feeling about the uh, the Mitch Wisnowski situation? It's his, I think the final year of his his contract. Um, any chance the the Niners make a surprise splash? There's a there's a certain punter that I'm that I'm thinking about that if he were available. I wouldn't hate it. <laughs> We're at the punter news already. Uh, hey, gosh. It, hey, you know what? Why not? Um, do, do you know who I'm talking about? The, the kid? No, from, I actually don't. There's, I don't. there's this kid, uh, Matt Ariza. I believe he's. Okay. Uh, I've heard of Matt Ariza. All right. Yeah. And apparently yeah, he's I, just like, he just like kicks the snot out of the ball. Um, yeah. Full disclosure. I, I think I've done probably about. 10 seconds on punter scouting this off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I will say the only reason that I know who he is is because this website that I go to has this one guy became like totally obsessed with, with, um, with him and like tracking his, his, his game film and like watching him punt, like these like 75 yard, 80 yard punts. Some of it is like not very little of that, not all of it was in the air, obviously, but, but, and this guy would track like all of his punts and he was just kind of going crazy and talking about it. I think he's, uh, hold on. He's at New Mexico. Uh, I believe, um, where was he? Uh, for some reason, New Mexico state. Yeah. New Mexico state. Yeah. That's it. Um, and just like the only reason, oh no, San Diego State. Sorry, San Diego um, State. All right. Yeah, yeah. So the only reason you know that he apparently that the team was was worth paying attention to, uh, but he's got some like pretty crazy like draft numbers, and it, I just think it's funny. I, I, and I didn't know if you had any thoughts on. <laughs> on you, you know what? I'll, I'll I'll say this, and this is one draft strategy of John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan that I've always appreciated, is that especially as they're getting into day three. They don't draft for need. They don't necessarily draft best player available. They draft guys who they think have the best chance of making the roster, right? Yeah. It's like, right, right. let's go after someone who we think has a chance of making the roster. Cause you might say, all right, the best player available is, I, I don't know. Uh, 
a, a, a linebacker, I guess. Right. Let's just go with a linebacker. Um, and you think, okay, well, he's not going to push off Fred Warner and he's not going to push off Dre Greenlaw and Aziz Alshire. Uh, probably not going to push off Flanagan Foles. So what's the point well, of that? Or an Oren Burks, the guy, the kid, the guy that got from. Yeah. 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 You're not so going to push him off for special teams play. So yeah, it's like, okay. So they'll draft guys who have the best chance at making a roster. And with five picks on day three, two, six round compensatory picks, no one's going to care if they say, you know what? Hey, <laughs> you're going all in on a punter. Sorry, Mitch. You know, we're going to have to dismiss you, trade you away for, you know, three first round picks over the next three years to, you know, some team that needs a punter really bad. And, and that's, that's when you hit the force trade button on those pro football focus mocks. Right, right, <laughs> it's right. like, yeah, every first Take round my punter. punter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> PFF grades the trade like a plus plus. Um, but I, I, yeah, you know what? Sure. It's possible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to go run to uh, to our partners over at WinBet and say, "Hey, can I lay this down as a uh, as a uh, as a prop bet?" But you know, sure, why not? Yeah. Uh, the, the unfortunate thing is the last time that the that the Niners let their let a, a a punter that was supposed to be pretty good but ended up being eh, um, go and draft one was when they drafted Wisnowski you know, in 2019 and let Bradley Pinion go and Pinion ended up being a lot better since he's been in Tampa than he was when he was in San Francisco. Uh, just for the record, uh, the dead money on Wisnowski's contract is just $191,000. Uh, so if the Niners decide to, to move on uh, from him, I don't think that there's, there's anything there. Although I, I, I think that 49ers Twitter would, would lose their minds if John Lynch drafted a second punter inside of four years. <laughs> um <laughs> i don't know maybe i'm here for that i don't know maybe I am. hey you know I, what stay consistent right just be like hey whatever why not <laughs> <laughs> we had nine draft picks we don't have nine slots for people so we decided we wanted a punter competition whatever we're, we're bored exactly exactly you've got a new uh special teams coordinator brian True. schneider we want to make him want to make him feel welcome so figure out which punter you want yeah exactly <laughs> Lovely, lovely. And then, you know what? Why don't we just draft Robbie Gould's replacement too while we're at it? Just that would make more sense. Throw everything into. Hey, can you imagine the, the formations you can deploy? You have two punters on the field, two place kickers. It's like, we don't know which direction. You don't know which direction you have to. to, Is it... to your coverage teams are going to do. It's not even legal. Yeah, this, this, this punter can boom it down the field. But this one's hang time is insane. So you don't know what's coming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is why i am not a general manager or head coach i feel like with the punting we could get away with it i feel like on the plate on the kicking situation that would be a little bit precarious yeah at, at that point formation at, at that point we're blocking <laughs> with only seven guys and i don't know if we have enough people on the line yeah yeah we're creating problems anyway um so yeah, so I, I'm, that was a, a lovely tangent. And so thank you for indulging me on that. Um, every time I pick Matt Ariza, by the way, uh, in the PFF mock draft simulator, it gives me a, like a C plus grade. So it apparently doesn't like, it's not bad. It's not, not bad. Not bad at all. <laughs> um, anyway, so, uh, one last topic of conversation. And of course it's the one, the one thing that we need to talk about. Um, so we haven't, 
We haven't heard much in the uh, Jimmy Garoppolo uh, chatter uh, recently because the sort of first wave of free agency and quarterback trades and yada, yada, yada all went through and he remained on the roster because he decided at the last minute to have soldier's shoulder surgery. That's hard to say. Um, and uh, apparently went to Augusta and went to a Hooters. I don't know if you saw that picture of, of him. At the, oh, I did. The Hooters. So oh, he's, I did. he's living his best life, I guess. Um, but, you know, Augusta, it, it's, it's only about two hours outside of, of a certain uh, North Carolina city that, that has a has a, an NFL team and uh, also has a absolute dearth of, of quarterback uh, options at its current time. And that of course is the Carolina Panthers. Um, so there, I, I, there's been some uh, Twitter hullabaloo about uh, the fact that the, the Panthers may or may not be actually interested in any of these rookie quarterbacks that are, that are coming in that the, the draft guys are, are guys that they're, they're not thrilled with. Um, my, my thought would be the, the part of that would be is that uh, their, their head coach, Matt rule is probably a, one more bad season from losing his job. Um, and he's probably looking at the situation and going, if I draft one of these guys, uh, I'm going to have to either play him and hope that he doesn't play like a rookie and we are able to be okay, or I'm going to have to sit him and run Sam Darnold or somebody else like that out there. Uh, and that won't probably go very well. Uh, so he's in a sort of bad situation. Um, so what, what do you think? Any, anything to make of, of this conversation? We, I know we, we mentioned the Panthers as a possibility, and then that kind of went away, especially uh, with, with all the other moves that were going around. But I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Does it make sense? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll start off with, with this. So you're now kind of looking at the market with two quarterbacks, veteran quarterbacks on the trade block, Jimmy, Jimmy G and Baker Mayfield. Um, I was talking with a uh, fan-sided NFL insider, Matt Lombardo um, earlier today and today being a Monday. Um, and he was telling me that there's, there's interest on the part of the Seattle Seahawks who along with the Panthers are kind of the only team that needs a quarterback, unless you're going to ride it with drew lock, which would be stupid, but <laughs> you know, that's, they're interested in Baker Mayfield. So in a sense that opens up the Panthers is kind of the lone option left for Garoppolo, unless you see a team saying, Hey, we'll take Jimmy G. We're going to renegotiate his contract. We're not paying him that. And he's got to be a backup which in of itself is not a bad idea. I mean, you look at, at Marcus Mariota, um, Mitchell Trubisky, both of them had to go through backup years to you know, kind of get back into the spotlight somewhat. But Or to stay out uh, of it. In, yeah, in yeah, Trubisky's exactly. Part. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'll tell you, tell you reasons why the Panthers would do it and then reasons why they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. So why they would, kind of to piggyback on what you said as far as Matt Rule being in a, in a tough spot, you know, we don't need to, to, to tack on any much more about it, but this year's quarterback class isn't good. You know, I mean, we, we talk up these quarterbacks like Malik Willis, yeah, pick it. Oh yeah. These guys are better than we've been discussing. No, they're not. They're not good. Yeah. An SEC scout told, or I'm sorry, an ACC scout, I want to give him credit, told me that he didn't think any one of these quarterbacks had any more potential than just being like a modest, okay 
bridge starter, you know, like that's it. So if you're the Panthers, you own the number six overall pick, and then you're not selecting again until the fourth round and it's the Rams pick. So it's at the very end of the fourth round. So you could draft a quarterback there, but the Panthers need a lot of help elsewhere. And it's almost in their best interest to trade down and punt on the idea of drafting a quarterback. So in that regard, do you say, look, Darnold ain't it, <laughs> bringing back Cam Newton, that ain't it. Do you at least go out and say, you know, go after Jimmy Garoppolo. There's, they have enough cap space to, to, to play him at his contract value now. Uh, one year, it works out, and great, you can resign him. Or one year, it doesn't work out, and okay, you know, wipe the floor or just, just take, brush your hands away from it, whatever you know, phrase you want to use, move on in 2023. Fine. 2023's quarterback class is going to be a lot better. That's at least the prognosis. So if I'm the Panthers, I'm thinking, okay, there are a few other options that are, that are likely, and now with no other suitors in the mix, really, they can kind of just choose the 49ers hand. They say, Hey, look, we'll trade for Garoppolo, but we're only going to give you that, that, that Rams round four pick, you know, whatever it might be. That's why if I was, if I was Carolina, I would do it. You know, it's better than your options available to you because you don't know how a rookie quarterback's going to do the team's kind of in eh, whatever. And then if uh, Matt rule gets fired after one season, then you're facing another one of these situations where you have a quarterback who, went into a program one year, coach got fired. You're looking at a brand new system, new assistants, uh, kind of like what Justin Fields went through his rookie year up with the Chicago Bears and, and Matt Nagy being canned. Like that's generally a formula to ruin <laughs> a rookie quarterback is to constantly turn over coaches, especially early. So if I'm the Panthers, that's why I consider Garoppolo. Now, here's the reason I wouldn't if I'm the Panthers. You take a look at the, the division there, and yeah, sure, the Falcons aren't going to be very good. The Saints are a mess, but Carolina's not getting past Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Let's let's be honest, right? I mean, the Bucs, maybe they're not as good this year as they were last year, but it's it, it, don't count Brady out until he's out. You'd probably so, win that division with nine, nine wins, too, I would yeah, imagine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they, they could with nine wins. But you know, I think they'll probably be up there with you know eleven or twelve and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and be just fine. But nobody else is going to even threaten them for the NFC South. Nobody. And if the Panthers get into the playoffs as a wild card team, just some because the rest of the division stinks, <laughs> then they're getting bounced in the wild card round. Now maybe that's a victory. Maybe that's like, hey, you know what? Give give Panthers fans some hope going forward. Maybe that saves Matt Rule's job. But do you really want to give up? draft assets no matter how few you have i don't i can't remember the top the number that carolina has off the top of my head but there is that gap between the number six overall pick and at the end of round four where you have a lot of other needs that are pressing right you know there needs in the secondary over there and, and the, a pass rusher would be great the offensive line is eh, you know that sort of thing so if i'm carolina they, is that look, in like it's a like it's a revolving door situation or kind of a revolving door yeah that's a good way to put it yeah yeah and so i mean if i'm carolina i'm thinking look we need to build this thing organically if we do if we were to go with a stopgap quarterback 
not going to give up draft draft capital for him. You know, it's like what a lot of these other teams have done. You know, the Falcons are like, okay, Marcus Mariota, great, welcome aboard. You're not great. You're often injured, but you didn't cost anything in terms of draft picks. Same thing with the Steelers, right? They're like, yeah. hey, Mitchell. You know, we've had Ben Roethlisberger for years, and fans loved him, but um, yeah, come on in. <laughs> you know, you're you're the guy for at least this year. I mean, let's be honest, those two guys aren't long-term fixes, but neither one of those teams had to give up anything to get them. So the Panthers could be playing the same route. And if I were them in that regard, maybe you wish you'd just say, hey, all right, don't draft a quarterback. Don't trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Sam Darnold is going to be gone next year. Sell it to your fans. Look, we're going to suck this year, all right? But the rebuild is going to be starting Let's go for it. And, and in two or three years, Brady's going to be gone. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tom Brady, 50-year-old quarterback. Um, but they'll, they'll be able to make their move in a couple of years. Start building into it now instead of investing in Garoppolo now for a holdover. So, you know, it's, 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 it's not an easy choice one way or another. I, I imagine the 49ers would probably sit back and say, I, they'd rather move Garoppolo for, for a lot more and say, okay, well, we'll wait till training camp when some quarterback completely flames out or blows out his knee or something like that. Uh, again, you can't bank on that happening, but it wouldn't shock me if that's where, where conversations stalled. Right. Yeah. Um, Panthers have six draft picks in this upcoming draft. Um, but as you noted, it's a one and then it's a four, two fives, a six and a seven. So they're, they're going to be, which is generally not good for a team in their position to be picking a lot towards the, the, the third, the third day on the third day of the draft. Um, but you never know. Uh, I agree with pretty much everything that you're saying. Uh, frankly, at this point, when the alternative appears to be, as you say, either wait for desperation from someone or uh, hope that he's going to pass, that Garoppolo is going to pass a physical uh, at the end of the summer, and then you can release him. I don't know, man. I, I'd take the fourth round pick at this point um, and, uh, and just kind of walk away and be like, you know, that's better than what we were, what we, what we were going to get if we just released him. Um Maybe I'd even take a fifth round pick, but at this point, if you could, if you could get a fourth round pick for Garoppolo and send him out to, to Carolina, um, as I was telling you before we started recording the house next to me, uh, I live in the, in the, in the greater Charlotte area. So he can come live next door to me and we can be best friends and we can talk about why he overthrew Emmanuel Sanders in the Super Bowl. for wicked good barbecue out there. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can go to Hooters or you can get some, some Carolina barbecue. I could show him some, we could show him, show him a good time. We'll hang out. There you go. There, I'll be, go. I could be on Instagram with him. He'd be like, that. He'd be like, that's me. <laughs> You're, I don't want to see you in a Hooters outfit. Sorry. No, 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 not like that. That's going to be awkward. Um, so the only other thing that I, that I saw, then I thought this, this would be a good question. Um, pretty simple sort of yes or no. Um, I did see some suggestion that the Niners might have to pay some of Garoppolo's salary to make that work that even though the Panthers technically have it, that there might be, they might, that that might sweeten the pot a little bit. So would you do that? Would you do a fourth, their fourth round pick? And let's say you have to eat 
what let's say it's the injury settlement seven seven million dollars would you would you would you do that trade tomorrow yeah for sure yeah. for sure and, and and the reason why is it, it and normally it's like okay you don't pay a player to pay to play for another team like it, you, you that's not typically good business but you think about the the, the guaranteed money garoppolo, garoppolo hasn't had guaranteed money on his contract for a little bit now um and you think about the dead money where if he was cut or traded is a very minimal 1.4 million mm-hmm. you look at some of what the other these other teams around the league have had to cough up for dead money like matt ryan the falcons i i, I don't know it off the top of my hand i don't have it in front of me but they're paying an exorbitant amount of dead it's money like, the trade like 80 80 million dollars or something like that it's something huge i it's it's just like oh wow okay <laughs> so you know it's it's significant so that money i mean you're, you're still talking less than 10 million in terms of what would still be owed you get you get a fourth round pick back but again you clear up that whatever remaining cap space at that point, it would be what something like 15 million. I'm not a math major. So someone will probably say, no, it's 16.5. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, okay. There you go. Thanks. I don't know. Whatever it is. <laughs> so you clear that up. Great. That's rollover. You can use that for, for whatever. Um, but more importantly, there's not going to be that looming shadow hanging over the front office. There's not going to be the looming shadow ha- hanging over Trey Lance. You're not going to hear, you know, the Rappaports and the Schefters appear and talk, well, it's feasible the 49ers could keep Jimmy Garoppolo this season. <laughs> it's like all of that would just go away because that was a circus a year ago. Yep. It, it's been a circus so far this offseason. Make that circus go away. It, it just it, ensure that the entire world knows Trey Lance is the guy going forward. And boomer bust, if it doesn't work out, well, hey, that's what happens when you invest that much in a player and you, you swung for the fences. Fine, yep. but you've got to ride that, right? You got to see how it goes, you know, but get rid of everything else on that side. I do that deal tomorrow. Yep, I, I agree. And, and like I said, at this point, you're still concerned about whether or not he's going to pass the physical when it comes time to release him anyway. So you kind of, you have to sort of earmark that, that injury settlement as like, this this money's gone potentially one way or the other and if it turns out that he's able to get traded and they don't have to pay anything or they're able to release him for without the injury settlement uh, uh, on top of it, it it's it's like extra money in the bank by the way uh the falcons had to pay f- or the falcons are paying 40.5 million dollars for matt ryan uh they currently have a dead money hit for next year of 62 million dollars um <laughs> Including, including the 40, the 40 for Matt Ryan, 15, uh, for 15.5 for Julio Jones and 4.6 for Dante Fowler. And then somebody else for like 1.2 million. So 60 million, $62 million. Um, a gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, man. That's, uh, that's impressive. Uh, <laughs> so they're fun times. Um, but yeah, I, I, otherwise I, I agree, uh, with everything that, that you've said about that Garoppolo thing. Um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, I don't anticipate that anything will happen before the draft, but I think it will certainly be, uh, it could be the kind of thing like with the, the Trent Williams trade a couple of years ago where nothing was going, nothing was going. And then all of a sudden end of day one, Oh, Hey, things are happening. Like this is Joe Saylor's retiring and Trent Williams is being traded and da, da, da. so I could see a move like that where it benefits both teams. The Panthers can get Garoppolo in the, in the room 
in the building as quickly as possible, even though he can't uh, technically throw the ball. That that would be an interesting thing. Um, what what would happen in that situation? Because technically, he wouldn't be able to pass his physical. So would they'd have? To, I guess they'd have to waive that. I don't know. I don't know. That's way too complicated for <laughs> for, for my understanding. Uh, you get Joel Corey on from CBS Sports asking agent. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> Just be like, good. hey. Explain the, the the nuances of these contracts. We're having the only this. Thing about injuries. Yeah, we've got this weird scenario. The only thing about I know about injury settlements is that they 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 go away if he signs for that amount or more. Right. That's about right, right. as complicated as I can get. Right, but I don't know. It's all all too complicated for me. But uh, anyway, um, lots of things going on uh, in Niners lands. Even though we we said it's off season and there's just. There's not that much to talk about. There is, in fact, always stuff to talk about because it's the NFL and it's 12 months a year and always things going on. So, uh, Peter, any last words before we close up shop for uh, this edition of the uh, podcast? Uh, not really. Looking forward to the to the draft. Um, I, I've got two more uh, contractors showing up at my house tomorrow to give me an estimate on this tree removal. Um, <laughs> looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, probably going to have, have my toilets changed out, upgrade those. So, you know, important stuff that nobody likes to talk about, but it's real life, you man. know, yeah. Adulting. Yeah. It's all the little tiny details that just get lost in the mix. So people always wonder, Hey, Peter, you haven't been tweeting it a lot lately. Well, I've been doing other things. <laughs> so it's like, sorry. Yeah, I guess really. you get a, sorry. I guess you get a pass. That's, that's fine. Hey, cool. yeah. <laughs> sorry. I need to go see if that bolt is seized on the toilet bracket now. So <laughs> go me. Uh, enjoy it. Enjoy it. All right. Um, well, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, if you're listening, if you get traded the Panthers, uh, give me a call. I got a, an inside track on a place that you can rent down here. Um, Cause you might not be here for very long. So you don't want to invest in like owning a place. It's just too much work. Uh, so you can leave my neighbor. So if you're listening, let, give me, give me a buzz. All right. Um, as always, uh, thanks for listening uh, to this episode of the Niner noise podcast, part of the fan sided podcast network. Um, please continue to check out ninernoise.com for all your latest 49ers news and analysis. And be sure to hit that uh, rate button and give us all five stars and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Um, and please uh, say nice things about us. And if you include a question, we'll go ahead and give you a shout out on the air and answer that question. And of course, please share the podcast with all your fellow 49er fan friends. So until next time, let's sound the horn, 49ers. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.